Welcome to Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Marty teaches us verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book, through the Word of God. To listen to any of these messages in their entirety or to find out more about our fellowship, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Let's listen in to today's message, and may the Lord richly bless you. What have I to ask beside? Can I doubt His tender mercy? temple was even more than that because in ancient times there weren't these buildings as huge as the temple it was roughly 90 feet high this thing was beautiful and I mean amazing and uh, one of the things about it if we go to Israel if you go with us to Israel unless we're raptured first praise God but um, if you go to Israel with us one of the things that will happen is we go in this tour below see one of the things Herod did was he leveled out Mount Moriah a little more and then they used these giant foundation stones to, to plant the, the temple um, fortress and everything around it upon. Those are still there. Jesus didn't say those would be destroyed. He said the temple complex would be destroyed. Every stone, and it is gone. But the foundation stones, one of them, and I wrote this down, it's 45 feet long, 11 feet high, and 10 feet wide. The estimated weight, and they have no idea, is over 300 tons. We don't even have a crane that can lift these stones. This is a marvel. This is an amazing beautiful complex this was and so when you think about that this disciple if you see how excited he is in verse one he's declaring how beautiful this place is verse one he says then he went out of the temple one of his disciples said to him teacher see what manner of stones and what buildings are here they were in awe people were in awe of this complex as you can see i mean that does a pretty good job to um maybe some of you have imagined it before and that might help you fill in some of those blanks, but it's a lot bigger than most people think. It's a huge complex. It was over 500 yards long, over 400 yards wide, that platform. And this was a giant complex, giant. And this is why it was the pride of Israel, but that was part of the problem because the temple of God had replaced God in many ways. This place, this place had to worship had not, it was no longer a place of worship, it was a place to worship. They began to worship it. They began to worship the building. It became an idol to Israel. They were so proud of it. It really wasn't about God anymore. It was about the building. It was about, you know, that was God. You know, and I'm so glad we don't see this today. I'm so glad that it never happens in church, you know, or where a building, you know, one of the things, the pet peeves of mine is that, you know, and I catch myself all the time because we get so used to saying it, going to church, and we think of the building as the church, but really, that's not the church. We're the temple of the living God. The church is us, wherever we're at. Now, I say this, too, humbly, because, you know, we're searching for a building, something practical, so we can set roots, and we can develop a school, and we can have church, and we can set up sound and be planted, And there's nothing wrong with that, but we can never allow the building and those things to become an idol. Those things are tools like everything else, tools to train up those young young ones in the Lord, 
to preach the gospel, to set our, our roots in, and to, to do the work of the ministry. It's a tool to do that. It should never be seen as an idol. Um, we should never have a building or a place that is over and above our king. Because all of it one day, as we'll talk about today, all of it one day is just going to be burnt up anyway. We have to keep that in mind. You know, during the tribulation, most of it's going to get burned up. But then we know this. One day, we get to be there this time. We weren't there in Genesis. But one day, we're going to stand with our Lord. He's going to burn up everything. And he's going to create a brand new heaven and a brand new earth. And we are going to be there with him. And it's all going away. And so let's keep that in mind. Keep our eyes heavenward. Keep our eyes on eternal things. We have to do certain things in this life. We have to work and things like that. The Lord understands that, but be practical about it. Keep your eyes always focused on him and let nothing get in between between you and Jesus. This was a beautiful complex. This was a beautiful, beautiful structure. And Jesus is going to agree with that. In verse 2, look at this. And Jesus answered and said to him, Do you see these great buildings? He knows. Not one stone shall be left upon another that shall not be thrown down. Now, in looking at that video, could you imagine... All of those stones being torn down, not one upon another. The disciples probably thought it was impossible. I mean, think about it. To see that beautiful structure, that huge structure set on 400 by 500 yards, all of those buildings that went along with it, and I won't go into all that today, all of those stones gone, impossible. That must have been their thought. It would have been my thought. And here's the thing. We know that Jesus' prophecy came absolutely true in 70 A.D., The second temple was destroyed in 70 A.D. on the 9th of Av. Tisha B'Av. This is what the Jews call it. It's a day of somberness. It's a day, even to this day, that Jewish people fast and pray. Many remain silent. Because here's the thing. The first temple was destroyed on the same day as the second. And many other tragic events in Israel have happened on that same day. It's pretty amazing when you think about it. But it's a day of fasting and mourning for Israel, the same day. But here's what happened in 70 A.D., and this is important to understand. In 70 A.D., the Romans were tired of the Jewish uprisings. They were tired of the zealots and the rebels. They had factions all over the place. They came in, and they surrounded Jerusalem. At first, it was not really a siege. They just, their presence was there, and they began adding troops. Passover of 70 A.D. was really kind of evil in a way for for the Romans, for what they did, because they allowed all of the pilgrims, and we've talked about this, hundreds of thousands of pilgrims, they allowed them into the city, but they didn't let them out. So it was like a berry that's ripe, full of juice, the city of Jerusalem. And then they put a siege on, the, on Jerusalem. And then what happened was something that's tragic that happens even among churches today, infighting. There was so much infighting in those who were trapped inside the city. They had different camps, different groups. Some who wanted to fight and wanted to rebel. Some who wanted to negotiate peace and just make a peace treaty and so that it could end well for them and their children. But they started fighting and even killing each other. There was even one Jewish leader who began to burn the food supply because he thought it would force people to fight. It became very evil and very wicked. There was one Jewish leader who decided he was going to try to negotiate the peace. He pretended he was dead. They put him in a casket. His followers took him out, but it didn't end well, and it didn't end in peace. Then there were skirmishes. There were various skirmishes, and even the Romans were surprised at how tenacious the Jewish men were, and they lost a lot, of, a lot more soldiers than they thought. And so the, the Titus, the general, decided, well, we'll see about a tenuous peace. We'll see about something. We can make a peace treaty. They even asked Josephus, Josephus used to be a commander of Jewish troops, but he was a 
traitor in the Jewish people's eyes because he became a servant of Rome. And they even had Josephus go in and try to, to uh, enact a peace treaty. But number one, the Romans didn't put much effort into it because they didn't really trust Josephus. And the Jewish people didn't trust him for sure because he was a traitor. So the story goes that he was even wounded and thrown back out of the city. And so there was no peace. And then the people of, of Israel, of Jerusalem, became more and more rebellious and they did not want peace to their own dismay, to their own demise. Here's the thing, though. As this happened, in August of that year is when the siege took full place and they began lighting fires on the outside. They had a command from, from Rome not to destroy the temple. They were not supposed to destroy the temple because Rome, would, what would happen when Rome would move into a place, they would take over their religious temples and they would erect an image to the Roman emperor. Now, here's the thing. We're going to read next week in verse 14 about something called the abomination of desolation, when an image would be raised up in the Holy of Holies. Well, guess what? It didn't happen then. This is how we know a lot of this is still future. It didn't happen then. God didn't allow it. And Jesus' prophecy would still come true because what happened was this. Many of the Jewish people, because the temple was such a fortress in, in, in its own right, it was, full of, it was just built with solid stone and all of this, they hid inside the temple. And then they lit it on fire, the Roman soldiers, to, to get them out of there. And as they started coming out, the Roman soldiers started going in, and the fire was just on the outside. And they began slaughtering everybody. And I want to read to you from Josephus' History of the Jews in Antiquity. This is what happened at that moment. As they neared the sanctuary, they pretended not even to hear Caesar's command and urged the men in front of them to throw in more firebrands. The partisans were no longer in a position to help. Everywhere was slaughter and flight. Most of the victims were peaceful citizens, weak and unarmed, butchered wherever they were caught. Round the altar, the heaps of corpses grew higher and higher, while down the sanctuary steps poured a river of blood, and the bodies of those killed at the top slithered to the bottom. Sorry, <laughs> but that's powerful because we know why it's powerful in a sense. They rejected their Messiah. And, you know, when we think about this, then what happened was those stones burned so hot that it melted all the gold. All the gold melted and seeped down in between the stones. And then they were commanded to remove every single brick to regather the gold. And they did. And as Jesus said, do you see these great buildings? Not one stone shall be left upon another that shall not be thrown down. And I can't help but think it puts it into a whole new light when you read Luke chapter 19 and you read the lament when Jesus is entering the city and he cries out. Let me read this to you. I think in that light, hear the words of Jesus and hear his heart. Luke 19, verse 41 through 44. Now, as he drew near, he saw the city and wept over it, saying, if you had known, even you especially in this your day, the things that make for your peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. For days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you, which they did, surround you and close in on every side, which they did, and level you and your children within you. To the ground, and they will not leave in you one stone upon another because you did not know the time of your visitation. This has been Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to hear this message again, or any other in their entirety, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Our fellowship meets in Southeast Nampa 
and our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. For more information visit our website. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you. Hi folks, Pastor Marty here. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the teaching today. You know, it's my prayer that it's encouraged you to continue faithfully in the study of God's Word. I think it's so crucially important that these days the body of Christ stay in grounded and anchored in the Word of God as the world around us is sinking in the waves of false doctrine and the opinions of men. If you are seeking a church family, a church home, and you live in the Southeast Nampa area, I want to personally invite you. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. and we currently meet at East Valley Middle School. That's right off Greenhurst and Happy Valley. If you want to find out more, if you have any questions, you need directions, you want to catch up on a message, or if you have a prayer request, just go to our website, golgothafellowship.org. Let me help you spell that. It's G-O-L-G-O-T-H-A fellowship.org. Until next time, may God bless you and remember to hold fast.